Hi, this is Portia and Leo, and you're listening to Voices Podcast. Today, uh, we are talking with Professor Indira Natasha Frost, who is a teacher in the Department of uh, Anthropology and Sociology at Langara College. We will be talking with her today specifically about the issue of youth, gangs, and recruitment. Professor Pross led a qualitative research project called Youth Alienation Study. Its goal was to examine the extent and type of alienation that youth may be experiencing and how that may be related to their vulnerability in joining gangs and committing drug-related crimes. So we look forward to diving into the re- this research and more and much more. Thank you very much, Professor Pross, for being here today to talk with us. Thank you for having me and uh, for choosing a topic that uh, is an important one, especially in the Lower Mainland. Right. Professor Press, I would like to ask you, how did you get involved in studying gangs in the Lower Mainland? And what did your anti-gangs work and research involve? Um, you know, I do need to say that um, choosing a subject such as gangs, especially being aware of, of the harsh reality, isn't something you just decide. Um, this happened in, in as a sociologist, I was connected with um, detectives uh, who were working on anti-gang strategies, and um, we then joined um, coalitions that specifically try to create anti-gang tactics. So that was sort of the academic side. But the what really led me into the, the deeper work is when a, a college youth, um, Chris Mohan, was killed by a gang member. He was innocent and killed, and it's known as the Surrey Six, which is a very, very big case that happened over 10 years ago. And I went to the funeral of this student, not knowing him, but feeling that this could have been my own student who was trying hard to study and, and be someone. And I was so moved and disturbed by the impact it had on his mother, on his friends and the community. And, uh, and that's what led me as a sociologist and as a parent to embark on what can I do to prevent these tragedies from happening. And so that leads to the questions of why youth are recruited and um, what are gang tactic recruitments all about. Great. Yeah, great. <laughs> and yeah, you, you talk about like, um, how do you get involved into studying gang? So, I mean, so I have a question, like how difficult and safe is it to study gangs? Well, you know, the, the, uh, when we're talking about gangs, we're, we're especially connected to drugs and trafficking of weapons and so on. It's dangerous. As an academic um, I, and, and having also interviewed former gang members, some are not alive today, um, I make it very clear that I'm not wanting to know who's involved, not the detective, but rather how can we prevent other youth from following that path, because I think it's important to be aware that many of the gang members got sucked into this world of gangs and regret it, and they don't want other people 
and other youth to follow their steps. So when you're coming from that lens of honesty, not using names, et cetera, you're somewhat protected. But I, I do want to share a, a quick story. And that is, it is always dangerous because if you're ever associated with someone who has a bad history or there's still revenge, you could be you know, automatically seen as um, an alliance with that person. So as a researcher, you always go in public places, you know, uh, where you would have have certain meetings and be very clear on the criteria. Now, I've had former gang members now that have connected with the police that have uh, come to youth uh, and students to talk about anti-gangs, and they are the ones that have completely exited from the gang world. But I do have to say, it's never 100% safe. Right. Yep. Our next question is, uh, what is the gang situation like in the lower mainland? And want to know what has changed in the past decades? Yeah, that's a, 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 that's a really great question. And, um, you know, to answer that, I'll just throw out a few points here. As long as there are opportunities for mm-hmm. drug trafficking and there are needs of drugs and weapons, gang recruitment will continue. And as a result, here in the Lower Mainland, um, we still have drugs that is in demand, and we have a demand for weapons here in in you know in Canada that is imported into this country. So that is a very important context. So that's why gangs will still continue, and it is continuing um, as we speak. Violence is the same as in the past, but what is new is the collateral damage. We have a whole new breed of young gang members that have no boundaries. And if you look at some of the cases in the last five years, Um, we've had shootings in broad daylight, in front of uh, restaurants, in front of uh, Metro Town, other places. And the collateral damage, the, the people that could have been injured are phenomenal. Right. Now, in the past, gang members actually engaged in their revenge in the back alleys. Uh, they've become so much more bold. And that's where it's dangerous. The public is at danger, perhaps more today than in the past. Some people would disagree, but this is what I have observed, and this is what some police officers have informed me about. What has also changed is the weapons. We're not talking about small guns anymore. We're talking about some mass weapons um, that some of them haven't been seen. So to fight that, you need the police need to be also armored with compatible weapons. So that's another factor that is uh, a concern. The other is the replica of guns. There's a whole new technology out there that where you can actually create your own weapons. This was not the technology we had 10 years ago, which means the production of guns uh, is even more uh, accessible today. 
Um, what has also changed is before we had gangs that were in their own groups, which still is the case today, but we have collaboration. So when a, when a, when you're trying to basically uh, find out more about gang members or a gang, um, it becomes more confusing because in the back seat of a car, you can find gang members from different groups together, which is much more difficult to um, to tackle. And what is also different is uh, the technology of texting. Um, today, uh, a lot of gang members are able to go under the radar, uh, text, and find uh, and and intercept how police normally would intercept them. So these are per, you know providing challenges as well as another theme is the recruitment of young women. 10 years ago, when uh, a lot of discussion around gangs existed, there was an exclusion of women. And, um, and even though they were recruited as the girlfriends of gang members um, and some of the abuse that took place and how they were used. So in terms of anti-gang work, there's more of a focus on young women as well. So uh, I have a question. What are some of the reasons why uh, you join gangs? Is it because they watch lots of movies with violence or because their family or reasons? You know, this is a, one of the uh, underlying questions of, of my, my, my work. And thank you for asking that really important question. Um, the, the, the qualitative work that I have done, what, what was a consistent theme was that a lot of the youth feel alienated. They feel disconnected from the society or they feel disconnected from their family. There could be intergenerational gaps or really high expectations of families on their children that their children just don't want to fulfill. And so they join gangs um, with a, a void, a need for some kind of validation, a sense of belonging. And so um, the, the perception of some of these youth when they, they join gangs is they think that the gang is a family where you're going to have support and you're going to be protected. Um, and that's the image that they, 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 uh, they join the gangs in, in from. But so that's one factor. And, and of course, that is a myth, um, which we can speak to in a moment. But the other is the glorified representation of gangs. And that is there is this positive representation. It's cool to have a gun, uh, the, the wealth, having girls, um, the, the, the um, having access to bars, uh, the penthouse place, the nice car, the bling bling. And, um, and this is often represented also in music. And I always use this image of Cooley's looking glass self. And that is when you're watching a film, gang life is glorified. So the image is that there's a positive reflection to the clothing, to the attitude and the way of life. And, and young youth, young kids are actually believing this. They're internalizing it and, and go in with that particular vision only to realize that it's a nightmare in many cases. So it's a sense of validation, alienation, uh, glorified representations of life. And I also want to say, though, that we can't generalize. There are some people that join gangs 
because of um, it, it was the only way to to make quick money. Uh, so we have class issues. Uh, in the lower mainland, we found that actually a lot of the youth are involved are from middle class families. And so some of their older brothers or their uncles were involved in gangs. And so they fall into it through learned behavior. So there are many different reasons. But in terms of what we're seeing in the lower mainland, it is a feeling of disconnectedness and worthlessness and, and wanting that validation. And I'll, I'll just give you a bit of an example. When I did an interview a few years back about a prominent um, gang leader, um, I was informed that when he joined gangs, uh, he uh, it wasn't a gang. It was just a group of people that he wanted to be connected with that uh, he felt safe with because there was a lot of racism in high schools. And he saw how young boys that were from the Indo-Canadian community or the Chinese community would be beaten up by like 17 year olds. So um, some of these gangs that were initially not connected to drugs were a gang in the sense of protecting each other. And um, and this young, this gang member had uh, said that that was one of the reasons so that they can actually protect their younger ones. And the other was the racism that they experienced when they wanted to go to clubs and the treatment that they got. And so they believed that being in a gang gave them this sense of power. And it's a false sense of power, of course. But I, I do want to say that racism is also connected in the lived experiences of some of the youth, uh, as well as why some may feel alienated and disconnected from society. So it's a complicated answer, but um, I, I do think we need to focus a little bit more on how we can connect youth to feeling respected in our society. Right. Thank you so much for the information. So. Now we know much more about the gangs and recruitment. I would like to know how can youth protect themselves from gang recruitment or what are the solutions to the gangs and youth? Well, I think one of the ways that uh, youth can um, protect themselves is it has to start first from the individual and that is armor yourself. Armor yourself with knowledge to be aware of the bait. So, for example, if you're in high school and you have a, um, a young gang leader coming over trying to lure you by saying, oh, here's a really nice car. Do you want it? Please do this for me. And then you get sucked into that world to already know ahead of times what the bait strategies are. Um, and that can only really come from uh, education. And I really strongly believe there need to be more programs in the education in high schools uh, to inform youth. Uh, frontline workers, youth, people that are working with youth should be participants in, in disseminating that knowledge in high schools. And also anti-gang uh, presentations from the police. Now, I know some individuals may have a negative image of police and some police do abuse their power but there are many police officers that have actually been the role models for some youth who haven't had role models so that's another point of solution and that is uh connecting youth to role models and often that's been in the realm of sports where um a sports coach 
um, mentored them. Other solutions is parents need to also see the red flags uh, of when their children are uh, associating with um, the wrong crowd and to be able to intervene early enough before it's too late. Um, and another aspect is that I really think that parenting is important and, and we have to ask how can we um, ensure that our kids are feeling connected in some way and, and having conversations with our kids. But on a larger level, I really think it also should be institutionally. I feel that the society has not respected youth enough, um, even in, in high schools, um, in, in, um, in correctional centers, there needs to be more funding uh, for um, programs and more support for teachers to be able to take on projects that can keep kids connected, whether it be sport, whether it be um, other kinds of, of projects that will create that awareness. So I think it's a, a community effort that needs to be done. But the last point that I think is really, really important is that the youth need to know the truth behind gangs. And that is when you watch the truth behind gang videos from lecturers or police officers, you see that when you join a gang, they're not your friends. They want to take your place. Mm -hmm. Secondly, you're going to be looking over your shoulder for the rest of your life. Thirdly, you're either going to be a paraplegic or you may end up in prison. It's demystifying the glorified representation of gangs. Well, so thank you so much for your time and for important work you're doing to increase our community knowledge and understand of this issue. Well, thank you very much. And um, I uh, think the work that youth are doing, such as yourself, is really commendable. And you're going to be the, the, the leaders of tomorrow. And just this conversation is uh, important, an important step towards that.